The account was booming almost faster than I could keep up with. And so I was able to, you know, share that with with brands and with companies. Like, hey, my audience is growing exponentially. I would love to be able to share your product with my audience. It looks like something that I could use in my classroom. And the worst they could say is no or ghost you. Welcome to the podcast for anyone who has been known as that teacher. That teacher who is always dreaming up new ideas. That teacher who has an Instagram account. That teacher who goes on TikTok to share the latest teaching trends. That teacher who isn't afraid to try new things. We're Megan and Alyssa, and we were both known as that teacher before we started our ed tech company, Pop PD. If you're an educator who's been looking for something more, more opportunities to lead, grow, and inspire others, we are here to show you the newest pathways to leadership for modern educators. We'll interview teachers who have taken their leadership beyond the four walls of their classroom to become thought leaders in the online space. You'll hear about the ups and downs of their experience sharing their educator journey online, and we hope you'll be inspired and re-energized by their unique stories. Rebecca Poe is an award-winning former special education teacher and a national teaching conference presenter with over a decade of experience in the special education field. As an educational consultant, Rebecca focuses on providing teachers with the training necessary to offer equitable education and establish connections to students of all ability levels in an inclusive setting. When she's not working with educators, she can be found at the closest coffee shop with a piping hot latte and a good book. This is the first time on this podcast that we've done a deep dive on brand partnerships, user-generated content, and affiliates. This income stream helped Rebecca supplement her teaching income and eventually led her to a full-time job in ed tech. She drops all the tips for getting started with partnerships, even if you don't have a large following, and she shares how to keep building your personal brand to welcome in new opportunities you might not otherwise have seen coming. Enjoy the episode. If you've ever been required to attend a PD that had nothing to do with your subject area or that was taught by someone who hasn't stepped foot in a classroom, you understand the mission behind our peer learning platform, Pop PD. Both the Extracurricular Podcast and That Teacher Podcast are brought to you by the team at Pop PD. Our mission is to empower teachers to connect with one another around sharing teaching strategies, tips, tricks, and ideas you actually want, creating a learning experience as dynamic as you are. We know you need access to ongoing, relevant resources to support your teaching career, and it's our mission to help you feel fully supported as a modern educator. Check out our beta platform now at poppd.co and join the waiting list to be one of the first to try the new version of our platform when it's released by visiting poppd.co slash waiting list. We'd love to welcome Rebecca to That Teacher Podcast. Welcome, Rebecca. We are really excited to have you here to talk about your journey into kind of sharing your thought leadership online. So I know there's a lot to go through. You have had quite the journey in the online space. And we were just talking about how now you work for an ed tech company. So we have to hear all about that. But before we do, we'd love to hear how your journey started. Like, when did you decide, I think I want to like, go online and talk about teaching strategies. (laughs) So I actually started my teachergram, you know, the Instagram account, um, Lessons and Lattes was its name. And I started that account right after I graduated with my master's degree. I was following so many teachers on social media, Instagram in particular, from my personal account that, you know, I wasn't seeing my friends posts or my family's posts. I was like, (laughs) 
I'll just make a separate account, you know, just to follow people. And I might share a couple of things, you know, I might just do a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I made, I made that account right after I graduated with my master's. And for the most part, my plan was to just, you know, be inspired by the other teachers. But then I realized, Hey, I, I might have some good ideas. I might share a few things. And I did. And it took off. And people, you know, I think there was such a space needed for special education teachers in particular that my account really resonated with a lot of those teachers who, you know, felt like, you know, we we weren't general education teachers. At the same time, we weren't those, you know, intensive need special education teachers. Like, being a resource and inclusion teacher, you're kind of like an in-between. It's almost like a no-man's land. So I was one of the first accounts that I know of that kind of filled that void. And people started following along. And I made some amazing friends and some great colleagues. And it's just been a whirlwind. How did you decide when to monetize and how to monetize? So I didn't really start out thinking that this is something that I could make money with until other accounts started reaching out to me. And at first it was just like gifted things. I'd love to send you a book. We'd love to send you, you know, some supplies for your classroom. And I thought that was great. You know, here I am a, you know, first year teacher, you know, getting free classroom supplies and not having to, you know, spend my own money to do that. I, I thought I was, you know, that was, that was it. I've made it. <laughs> and I, I had some friends who were like, Rebecca, people would pay you to, to share on your social media, especially as it started getting, you know, bigger and bigger. And it was just such a, a new idea for me. I never, you know, would consider myself like a influencer. I hate the word influencer. It sounds so like, I don't know. I never considered myself to be, I still don't. I, I don't like that term. I don't, I don't think about it that way. Um, but so I, I started saying, Hey, you know, I would, I would love to share this out for you. Do you have a budget for this advertisement? You know, for my audience of, you know, I think around that time it was maybe like 15 K 20 K and, you know, someone would say, Oh, we don't have a budget. And they, you know, they'd, go back off and, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't do it. And some would be like, yeah, we'll give you X amount for a share or this amount for a story with a link. So it really just kind of, kind of grew from there. I asked a lot of people who had way more experience than me, you know, what are your fees? What do you charge? What is something that, you know, I should be charging. So I, I utilized a lot of my resources, meaning like my friends and other other teachers who are, you know, farther along than me to kind of come up with, you know, what I consider to be reasonable for the amount of time that it took me to create the content. And then also um, for how, how large the audience was to to share out that that sort of thing. Yeah, you had spent time building out that audience too. I think we don't realize how valuable that is to a company. 
I mean, for them to, to build out an audience of that size and that engagement, it's nearly impossible as a company, really. It's very hard. Um, and so you, utilizing someone who spent the time and effort to build that engaged audience and that trust is worth it to a company. So I think sometimes we think like, oh, it's like, should I really charge for this? Or shouldn't I just take the free thing? But it's like, no, you're really valuable. And what you've built is really valuable. And you deserve that for the work that you've done and, and are doing. When did you start like approaching companies yourself or did you, or were they always just coming to you? So I started approaching companies when I had eight to 10,000 followers on Instagram. I drafted just kind of like a, a blanket skeleton message that I could go in and fill in with specifics about the, about the brand that I was reaching out with. And I made sure that it was something that I was really aligned with and could use for my classroom. So it was a lot of school supply companies um, and places like that, that I could use as a teacher and, you know, just kind of shared, you know, who I am, what I do, what I can offer the company, you know, my account at the time, it was, it was 2018. It was like the sweetest time ever for Instagram. It was amazing. The account was booming almost faster than I could keep up with. And so I was able to, you know, share that with, with brands and with companies like, Hey, my audience is growing exponentially. I would love to be able to share your product with my audience. It looks like something that I could use in my classroom. And the worst they could say is no or ghost you. Like I didn't hear back from a majority of the ones that I sent out to, but some turned into collaborations that were gifted. Some turned into paid opportunities and some turned, you know, into long-term. Um, it was, it was really just being willing to put yourself out there a little bit. And I'm kind of realizing as I'm talking about this right now, I'm also, I'm still talking to myself. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. it's been five years since I started, but I still need to be willing to put myself out there and, so do other teachers who are looking to kind of break into this. Do you think they need to be at a certain number of followers or a certain engagement um, to get started with this? I don't think so. I think a lot of it is just your confidence and your ability to showcase who you are, what your platform is, you know, find find companies that are really in your niche, especially if you are a smaller account. This, usually the smaller account, the better the engagement rate percentage wise. Mm -hmm. So you can, you show, Hey, my engagement rate is, you know, whatever percentage my audience is mostly, you know, teachers between the age of 25 and 35, which is, you know, your demographic. What could we, what could we do? What could we put together? Do you have a coupon code I can share out with, with my followers? You know, like, let me, let me do an unboxing for you. Just start, start small, but you know, don't undersell yourself either. And if you, I mean, Start as small or as big as you want to, I guess I should say. Don't undersell yourself. You know, be be confident and show them what you got. Great advice. I think another um, avenue to kind of along the same lines, but not the same, is user-generated content, which is a little bit different because this is where a company would pay you to create content for their account. So it's a little bit different if you don't have your own account with your own um, established following and engagement, you can still make money by creating content for companies on their platform. It's not, I, it doesn't pay quite as much as a sponsored post, but it's still a way to create content and be paid for it. So I love this as like an additional income stream, uh, even if you don't have 
that account bill out. I'm wondering though, how do you decide, like how do you evaluate a company to decide this is a company I want to be in partnership with or not? Look at look at what they stand for. You know, like really do a little bit of research before you just jump in because you want to make sure you're not promoting somebody that does not align with your own beliefs. Um, and then also make sure that it's something that for me, it needed to make sense for me to be sharing it. Like I can, this morning, I got an email from a company that wanted to send me baby shampoo. I don't have a baby. Uh, <laughs> they, wanted, they wanted me to promote their their line of infant care, like shampoos and soaps. And I'm reading this email, like, this does not make any sense for me. Yeah. To share. I have, I have a, an almost fifth grader, like she's finishing yeah. up fifth grade. Like, oh. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm not okay. <laughs> oh, I'm not okay. She just turned 10. And oh. like, one, I'm not old enough to have a 10 year old. And number two, I just had her like last week. How is she already 10 oh. years old? Um, but yeah, so that, that kind of sponsorship, even, even if it pays well, makes no sense for me to share. So I try to just stick with things that I think my audience will align with and things that I align with as well. I'm not going to take a sponsorship or accept a collaboration if I don't really believe in the product or if I don't think that it could be useful to someone else. There have been a couple of partnerships that I've that I've participated in where personally I didn't need the product. It's it was not something that was going to help me, but it was a good product that might help other teachers. So I was willing to share it in that aspect. But I'm I'm not the kind of person who's going to say, "Oh, I love this so much. I use it all the time." when I don't. Like you'll get from me like, "Hey, this is an option. This might help you." You know, I'm just passing it along. I try to be very open and very honest. And I think that that has helped me, you know, maintain credibility with my audience, you know, for as long as I have. That's great advice. And I think it's, um, I'm sure that it's flattering when you first start to hear, you know, if anyone's reaching out to you offering stuff, you might think, you know, say you don't have kids, and you're like, ooh, baby shampoo, like, could I work that in somehow? You know, like, <laughs> you might be tempted to kind of think about that. And maybe it makes sense, depending on your audience, if, if you know, they could benefit from it, and you could um, keep that like authenticity in that way. But it sounds like maybe another good path too for people who are getting started would be to look at the stuff that you do actually use a lot um, and just kind of reaching out to those brands. And I think it's useful to think, you know, especially for the people who are listening who maybe don't have that following yet or don't think like, well, I probably wouldn't be able to get paid for something like this. Even just reaching out to a brand and telling them how much you like their stuff could be the way to open that door so that if they have an opportunity or they're, they're looking for someone to create something even just like for free to start or they want to just send you, they might send you a little something just, you know, just because you complimented them. And then down the line, say say you build a brand or you start doing something and, and the, the stars align, right? You kind of open that door and have that connection. Um, it's really a nice way to get started just based on stuff that you're interested in and that you use and just kind of, you know, starting that that way. Absolutely. And if you're, you know, if you're making content for your own channel, even if you're not very big, tag those companies in your posts. You know, if you are, if you're using, you know, I don't know, a, a specific brand of 
sanitizing wipes, you know, to wipe down your desk, tag the brand in that photo. Number one, they, they might ask if they can share it, which is good exposure for you. And it could lead to, Hey, you know, we loved your content. We'd love to, you know, send you a, a set of sanitizing wipes. And I'm saying that because that's literally something that happened to me back in 2019. Um, cause I was just trying to build, to build some, some reach and yeah. build some relationships with different brands. And I took a picture cleaning my room on a Friday and tagged, tagged the company and they sent me enough, enough wipes that I was able to share with my teacher neighbors. And, you know, it was, it was nice. I didn't get paid for it, but you know, those, those wipes are, can be expensive. And as a teacher, you use them all the time. So I was like, this is, this is gold. This is teacher gold right here. Total gold. And then you're yeah. turning, you're turning cleaning on a Friday, which doesn't sound like the most exciting activity. You turn that into your whole supply of wipes for the year and the person exactly. next door. So that's pretty cool. It, it took 10 seconds to, you know, take a picture, think of a caption, get it posted. It doesn't take long at all. And I got like boxes of, of wipes to use for the school. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Cause it comes back to, you think of the value that that brand has. If you, you know, you tag them, people then see it or that, you know, they ask, they can share it. They're excited because you're demonstrating use in the, in the classroom, right? Like that's going to spark other people. That's so it's, it's exciting for them too. So just to get back to like, there is value in that um, yeah. for, for the company. And keep that relationship going. Like, I mean, I did every time I've, Every time I was cleaning and was sharing about it, I was tagging them, you know, thank, thank you for, for sending these for the class. Eventually it did, it did leave to a paid sponsorship. You know, it was several years down the road when my account had, had grown because the company was, you know, a very well-known company. It's probably, you know, under everybody's sink right now. Um, but they, so once, once I was a little bit bigger and had a larger reach, they, they were willing to kind of put some money behind some posts. I would say affiliates is another one to not underestimate because a lot of companies have an affiliate program and you don't have to have any specific number of followers for a lot of them. So um, if there's something you use, go to their website, scroll to the very bottom and look for affiliate sign up affiliate and you can get an affiliate link and just try it, put it out on your stories and maybe one or two people buy it and you get a little kickback from it. Uh, that's another good way to start. And I think, you know, it's important to know that for a company a micro influencer is also still really valuable because sometimes people who have a very large account don't have that large engagement rate or it's just not their target it's not their target they would rather work with somebody who's got like a smaller more niche um audience so don't yeah don't underestimate yourself and don't look at size of audience as the measure of success here do you think rebecca that in 2023, people can still get brand partnerships because since 2018 was the heyday for Instagram. Is this still a strategy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still it's still definitely a strategy. I think more and more companies are starting to utilize social media advertising because if you think about, you know, commercials don't really exist as much anymore. Everybody's on Netflix or, or Hulu or Disney Plus and there's, there's no commercials there. So this is how brands and companies are getting their product seen is on, you know, the social media accounts on short form video or, or images, things like that. So yeah, it's, it's definitely not dead. I think it was kind of easier back, you know, a few years ago before there were so many 
but it's it's still definitely worth looking into if that's something that you're really wanting to do. Do you do TikTok as well or just Instagram? Just Instagram. I have a TikTok account. It's not my favorite place. <laughs> <laughs> I I like to I'll go on TikTok and share funny videos with friends. Like that's yeah. that's really the extent that I like to do for TikTok. But I will, I'll have had some companies that, you know, if I'm sharing a reel on Instagram, I'm fine to, you know, throw it up on TikTok as well. But it's it's not where I focus a lot of my attention just because I feel like TikTok is a little more for entertainment, whereas some of the other platforms are a little more educational. Like if I'm looking for something on you know, a specific type of strategy that I need for my classroom, I'm probably not going to search TikTok for that. I'll look on Pinterest, I'll look on Instagram, you know, Facebook groups. If I if I want to watch, you know, somebody's dog being real cute, then yeah, I'll go to I'll go to TikTok. <laughs> not my I'm, I'm probably people on your audience are like fuming at me right now because it's I know I'm in the minority, but it's just not my scene. I think I think I'm too old for it. Well, Megan doesn't have it either, so you all are in good company. I don't have it at all. So Alyssa, it's like one of our major points of contention. Alyssa's always trying to get me on TikTok, and so I'm like, nah. My husband doesn't have it either. He just waits until the TikTok videos get shared to Facebook, and he'll watch Facebook Reels, you know, <laughs> all the time. But he will not. He will not do TikTok. Well, I think what's really cool there is that you've like you've drawn a line in the sand. Like I'm just, I'm going to nurture my Instagram account. That's where my people are. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's totally fine. And it's hard to turn off this, like, well, I should be on TikTok or there's a lot of people on TikTok or, you know, I wonder if this brand wants me to share this to TikTok. It's, it's no, this is, this is what I do. And this is where I'm going to focus my time and attention. That's really great. For for my own mental health, I had to draw some, I had to do some boundaries. Yeah. Because it, it, had started turning into, you know, I was trying to do what I thought everybody else was doing or, you know, what everybody else thought I should do. And I spread myself way too thin. I was not happy with anything. And, you know, in a, in a fit of rage, I was very close to deactivating the whole entire thing because it stopped being fun. I was so focused on monetizing and growing and being a business that I lost sight of why I created the account in the first place, which is for the collaboration and the community. So as you're trying to build a business, as you're trying to grow, as you're trying to monetize, don't let it become your full-time job, you know, mentally. Like if that is your full-time job, go for it. But allow yourself the freedom to take a break from it. If, If every single thought you have is, how can I turn this into content? How can I put this on social media? How can I grow? You need to pause. You take a breath. You need to go read a book. You know, come come back to it later because it does not need to be something that is all consuming. Content creation leads to burnout very quickly. You're for a lot of people putting your personal life. You know, uh, you're you're sharing things from your personal life. You are, like you said, constantly thinking about what can be turned into content. That's exhausting. And some of these influencers are uh, uh, really having a hard time with this because it's hard to shut down or take a break. So I love that you you shared that. And where would you say you are now? Like, actually, walk us walk us to where you are now, because we mentioned at the beginning that now you're 
you are working for an ed tech company, you are doing in-person professional development trainings. So how are you balancing all of that? And how did you get here? So back in 2021, I reached out to an education conference. Like, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. I noticed you don't have very much special education content. I can provide that for you. You know, just thinking, I'll reach out. I'll see what they say. And with within the same day, I had a response back requesting a meeting. Like, we would, you know, we'd love to talk more about this. We'd love to, you know, potentially bring you on. And I had, I had that first meeting and it was, it was, yes, this is, this is what's going to happen. So then I got one done under my belt. Yeah. More conference started reaching out. I started just Googling, you know, conference proposals, you know, sending out papers to, to propose like sessions that I could do. And some were a no, some were a yes. And so now I've got several lined up for the summer, one with um, Get Your Teach On, where another special education teacher and I have actually planned that entire segment of the conference where we've come up with the sessions, we've, you know, come up with the themes for it. And it really just kind of took being willing to take that step out and being willing to risk rejection. And yeah, not, not everybody's going to give you a yes. Not everybody is going to, you know, give you an answer at all. A lot of them, you know, just won't respond, but it takes one yes to get your foot in the door. And then you've got that experience to put on your resume. And then you can say, Hey, I did this conference. I would like to you know, also work with your conference. This is what I can do. These are some of the sessions that I offer and doors doors start opening i made a connection that enabled me to present with the national dance syndrome congress in baltimore and through that met a special education administrator who had me speak for her district virtually and it's really just you know take one step take another and then as far as my my ed tech position that i have now that started out as a social media collaboration. They hired me to do some sponsored posts for them. And I was instantly obsessed with the company. I thought it was amazing. The opportunities that it provides, you know, the, especially like the 14 to 21 year old special education students who you know are going to be eventually leaving the classroom and seeking employment the opportunities it creates for these students to work on those skills while they're still in the classroom was like nothing I'd ever seen before. And in one of my brainstorming sessions with one of the employees, I just kind of joked around. I was like, oh, you're not hiring, are you? Well, yes, (laughs) they were. (laughs) (laughs) And so I panicked and, you know, I was like, no, no, I can't, I can't leave teaching. This is, you know, this is why I went to school. This is, you know, I finished my master's degree in teaching. This is, I can't, I can't leave teaching. And it just really kind of, I could not shake that kind of thought that that was where I was supposed to be. As much as I loved my students in the classroom, this position would enable me to reach more teachers, reach more students. It would let me, you know, kind of combine all of my favorite things, which is that content creation, copywriting. My, my bachelor's degree is, is in English for writing. And I get to use that now. I have an associate's degree in art that I get to use with graphic design now. So it's everything that I've ever worked for in my life, all wrapped up into one position that I would not have even known about had it not been for social media. 
Oh, just a moment of silence for that because that it's just so hard to describe, but it's exactly that. Take one step, take another step. You just can't even try to wrap your mind around what it could look like in the end because you, you just couldn't have even imagined it, but it's amazing. It's the same story for so many people of how all these experiences come together. What's it been like? Like, what's your day like now? And do you miss teaching? And walk us through all of that, all the feelings. Well, there, there are some days where I miss teaching, like where I know that, you know, it's the end of the year, getting ready for field day and all of the parties and awards day. And it's a little, it feels a little weird not to be in the classroom counting down to summer with my students. You know, I have never worked in a job that I did not have summer break. I've always, you know, as a para, we had summer we as a teacher we had summer so this is my first year where I'll still be working during the summer but I'm okay with that because the job that I have now is something where I don't necessarily feel as burnt out as as I would you know in the classroom come May you know you're you're ready for summer you kind of need that that rest to kind of recover from the year so I'm not really feeling those same end of the year feelings. Yeah, I miss the kids, but the job that I have still lets me not be in the classrooms, but see what's happening in the classrooms. I'm there to support teachers if, you know, if they if they need me. There's lots of little things about teaching day to day that I miss, but there's also a lot that you know, I would be fine never having to go through ever again. <laughs> I know. I know that that sounds weird to say, but you know, I don't I don't miss the long hours. I don't miss not having a lunch break. I don't miss not being able to use the restroom when I needed to. Like that was one of the first things that I noticed working in my position now. I work from home. I can just get up and get a snack if I need a snack. I can use the restroom if I need to use the restroom. Like Little things like that that we don't really realize that, oh, goodness, it's just, it's night and day difference. Yeah. I know it's hard to talk about because we know that some people listening, you know, everybody is all over the board. I don't want to leave. This is my career path. I, I just want a business because it helps me have a creative outlet and it helps me make some extra money. We have people who are like, get me out of this classroom. I can't wait to leave. We have people who are thinking about it and kind of on the fence. So it's just nice to hear your account of it. And thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that with us. Um, because I, I know that people love to be able to just wrap their minds around what it might look like to impact education in in a different way, whether that's through a, a, a sharing your favorite brand or speaking at a conference or working for an ed tech company part-time or full-time. There are so many different ways that teachers can lead. And so we appreciate hearing your pathway and how you got there. And then before we let you go, we have to ask you our lightning round question. So I'll pass it over to Megan. Lightning round. All right. So our first one, um, what's a favorite business resource of yours? So like book, podcast, something that kind of helps inspire you to do your work. So I, I do like listening to podcasts. I really like the Blogging Millionaire podcast mm -hmm. to kind of work on my blog a little bit more because I do enjoy writing and I want people to, to find my blog that I write. So listening to that kind of 
gives me a little bit of insight and you know some strategies that I can kind of use to build that part up like I've built up my social media. Perfect. All right. I can answer the second one for you based on our conversation, but what is your favorite social media platform? <laughs> TikTok. Oh. <laughs> Instagram, definitely, definitely Instagram. That's that's where I feel the most comfortable. <laughs> like it's just that's my home. That's where I live. I'll visit the other platforms, but Instagram <laughs> is my home. <laughs> IG. All right. And then um last, what is the best piece of business advice that you have heard or received before? So the the best piece of business advice that I could give to other people would be stay true to who you are because that's a lesson that I kind of had to learn not the hard way but I did have to learn it for myself you don't have to say yes to every opportunity that comes your way if it's not something that you feel you're truly aligned with you don't have to accept it just because well it's an offer it's it's money if it's not you and you don't feel confident and comfortable, say no. You'll have other opportunities. Love that. This is such a great episode to hear this perspective. Rebecca, we appreciate you. Where can people connect with you? You can find me on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) My first account that I had, my first name was Lessons and Lattes. And everybody kind of recognized that, but no one knew my name. So I changed it. I'm now Rebecca Poe Teaching on Instagram because people would come up to me and say, oh, your lessons in lattes and not have any idea what my actual name was. So I am now Rebecca Poe teaching on all social media. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you so much. If you had a light bulb moment during this episode or thought of an idea to share, join us inside our podcast community to tell us your thoughts on both the extracurricular and that teacher podcast. We have a space for you to comment and chat with one another about each episode. We'll also pop in with a fun question every Sunday night, like, what's your most embarrassing teaching moment? We believe that sharing our experiences as educators is what keeps us moving, learning, and experiencing more of a sense of connection. You can join us inside the community to access all the podcast episodes, bonus content, and discussion prompts at poppd.co slash podcast.